And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello, everyone. It is September 5th. We have made it basically to the edge of fall, but we don't fall off with the weighing in podcast. We are here to talk about the recent UFC that just occurred, Derek Brunson getting a submission win against Darren Till, and we've got a plethora of other MMA content to talk about, and no one better to talk about this with than my man, my brother, Josh the Punk Thompson. What's up, baby? Not much, man. Not much. I heard you got a little bit of a war with some uh, Hornets or whatever it was. Yellow Jackets. The Yellow Jackets got to you today? Is that Dude. what happened to you? You look like the Elephant Man right now. Dude. Forehead's a little swollen. Elbow's a little swollen. Dude, man, I'm they... everything. I got a big old fist now. Look at this, all puffy. I got marks in here. Uh... My lips bigger. Hey, I'm calling it a technical draw. Okay, yes, they stung the shit out of me. But everyone that I felt, I killed that little son of a bitch. Sure you did. It's already back at the nest I have now, little, but I oh, his dude, friend I, about I have remnants. I, I will, it's a technical draw. They gave their lives to try to hurt me, and I oh. definitely hurt them because they're not flying anymore. You no pulled a William Those Wallace, little bastards huh? sting fast. Dude, they sting fast a, and furious. You did one of those uh, Braveheart <laughs> William, William Wallace, Wallace things, no. right? Where they, they, you pluck the 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 wing off, the one of the legs off. You put the head off in one corner, each corner of of your yard, right? You oh, put yeah. there to let all Drawn the other yellow jackets quartered. know. Jeez, Drawn man. and quartered, baby. No, You're I just vicious. squashed them, <laughs> dude. I'm telling you, these things, and it lasts, man. You're talking these things last for a couple days. They itch like a some bitch, and they swell up, man. This is not fun, but. It's Did you good. not learn anything from falling out of the damn tree? I mean, like, have you not learned anything? No, like, dude, stay you away know what? from My those whole... type of things. First off, see, this is what's wrong with you. You sit no. there and you do you do like the 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 stuff off to the side. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look good, but don't touch me. No, it's about getting in the dirt, it's about getting in the mud, getting dirty, getting muddy, yeah. and doing yeah. real man work. Okay, okay. Sounds really <laughs> stupid. Sounds really dumb. Look at okay, you now. Right, you man. look like, like I said, you look like the elephant man. Lip is a little swollen. Arms a little swollen. I mean, I'm sure you're going to break out even more. And you'll be itching all night. You'll be itching all night. Oh, Wonderful. dude, man. My, it's just so bad. Feeling but good. also, while you, while you guys are trying to itch at something, go to our YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe <laughs> button. Also, hit the little notifications there so you know when we drop our stuff. Also, in the link down below, you can hit that link there. That'll take you to our Clips channel, which is growing very rapidly right now because we do a special show for that and uh, it's called Wayne Interjection. It's fun, 8 to 12 minutes long. Make sure you guys hit that link. That link will take you to our Clips channel. Hit the subscribe button there as well and the bell because that one there gets dropped in the midweek show. So also, you guys have anything else you guys um, really would like us to talk about? Sometimes you guys can slide up in the comments. I read all the comments. I know John doesn't because John has a hard time reading big words. So what happens is I read them all and I relay the messages to Big John, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And so, yeah. and so, hey, so hopefully perfect. you guys enjoy this show. This is the this way is it's supposed to be. This is the way it's supposed to be. The the young guy taking care of the old guy. That's exactly how this is supposed <laughs> to be. Uh, I Hello? tell this story all the Come time. On, when people say, when people say, how did you guys, you know, start to work together? And I said, you know, really what it is, right? Is I had, I had an older bulldog. He was probably pushing around, I don't know, six or seven. He started kind of slowing down. So I went out and I got myself a lab who was young. And all of a sudden, my bulldog got young again. 
Well, that's exactly what I've done to Big John. Big John was getting older, so I started to hang out with him more. And now all of a sudden, now look at him. He's feisty. He's young. You know, he's he's feels like he's, he's on, getting what, you stung feel like to shit by Yellow Jackets. Yeah. But see, that's the old man brain saying it's okay to go do those things. I say no. Don't do those things. What are you doing? Oh, man. All right. Well, hey, let's jump into one because we, uh, we talked about one last week. And I'm going to go ahead and skip basically the whole damn card because it, they all went the distance. Don't get me wrong. They all fought hard. They all went the distance. It was de- decision it mania. It was decision mania. All of the fights went the distance. It was they they were they were okay. They were good fights. Nothing against them. They were good fights, but they weren't they weren't something I want to spend thirty minutes talking nah. about. But but I will nah. I have to bring up Michelle Nicolini um, when she fought Zhang is because I trained with Michelle for for years. She's um she's well I believe she I believe she's a nine time Jiu Jitsu World Champion. She's phenomenal on the ground. But the story was is she couldn't get the fight to the ground, and when she did, she just seemed like she wasn't able to secure the positions, wasn't able to threat submissions. She struggled the whole time trying to get that fight, um, not just to the ground, but then also trying to secure the position once she did get there. And so that was the hardest part, I think, to watch because I have trained with her. I know how good she is, but she is also getting up there in age. I want to say she's 39 years old, I believe now. And so that's that's 38, hard. She? Um, okay. she, 38 or 39. So, um, But when you're that good at jiu-jitsu, you would think there's always a chance and always – Always a uh, opportunity for you, even to the last bell, you, for you to get a finish. It just wasn't in the books that night. She was struggling. It was it was kind of hard to watch on the stand-up area because she kept reaching out with her hands, just looking to get knocked out. And I'm surprised that she she didn't take a lot more harder shots. She she was able just to kind of move out of the way of a lot of the hard, clean shots. She did take some big shots, so I was surprised how well she took them and she kept coming forward. She's a dog, man. Like when I when I think of people that are dogs, she's a dog. She was Went out there, tried to get it done, but just wasn't able to get it done and wasn't able to get the fight really to the ground long enough to secure to a dominant position and get to a finish. But that was kind of really all that I took away from this fight night. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what you said. If if you are this, you know, incredible martial artist on the ground and you can only get the fight down there for basically a minute and a half to two minutes of a 15-minute fight... You better be busy during that minute and a half or two minutes because, you know, this this fight is not in the realm that you are competitive in in this fight. And she wasn't able to do that for most of it. And that's why she ended up just losing the decision. But overall, the whole the whole night, a lot of decisions, a lot of time. But this is what happens sometimes when you have smaller human beings that don't have that power that can put the fight out with one shot. You know, there was a couple times people got hit with a shot but weren't able to follow up, so... Overall, yeah, I think you know it's one of those. It's a it was a good card for one to put out for for all of the ladies out there and show that they have, you know, a stable of ladies that they can go to and put on an entire card. But didn't it didn't have the the wow factor that you want? Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's jump into the UFC. UFC was this afternoon. I'm glad that it was an earlier card. <laughs> so oh, when yeah. I see it, it comes on at 10:30, and we're well, the main of the main card starts around one. Uh, Pacific Coast time. I'm like, all right, I can get behind this. This is good. So, um, all right, scroll, can you scroll down to the bottom there, uh, Dave? One of the fights because they they lost some fights, uh, but that but the Arosa and yeah. Jordan fight was a damn good fight. I mean, it had a lot of everything oh, in it. Fantastic. It was, I had Jordan. I had it. Jordan winning the fight up until the time he got choked. But I, it was very close. It was I. Did you who did you have winning the first round? Rosa or Jordan? 
I had uh, I had a Rosa win in the first round. I believe it was. Yeah, I had that's what I had too. So I'm trying to remember it which was close one though. Was. But I had a one-one going into the third. But uh, I mean, what's the one? Because Arosa got smacked good by Jordan. I thought that was the second round. And he yeah, it was in the back. second round. Yep. Yeah, and uh, but you know, still competitive. But Jordan's got. You talk about just very fast and fluid and technically good with his ability to transition into stands. He does a lot of flying attacks. He comes off his feet a lot, but you know, Arosa. You know, I've known Julian Arosa since the Ultimate Fighter when he was fighting on that, and uh, he's just a tough dog, man. You know, and he's had he's had some tough fights and stuff, but he stayed in this thing, and that the way that he look, he set up that Darce. He knew exactly where he was going to go. He was waiting for the moment that he could transition to it, and when that moment came, that's why it slid in the way it did, and he caught it, and he caught it not only with the top section, he controlled the leg right away. You know, and that's why that submission worked. And that was a, just a beautifully executed submission move, hold, fight by Julian Arosa. He should be very proud of that because he beat a really good guy in Charles Jardine. Yeah, I looked at it as when anytime someone is, he found a different way to win. The fight was close. He knew what he had to do when he was able to get close yep. into the clinch and get the head down. He started attacking the submissions right away. And Jordan didn't really have an answer. He was trying to figure out how to defend it. But I go back to tall, long, and lanky, my friends, because the reason why I'm going back there is it's a lot easier to hit those type of chokes when you have the body style of which he has, that Arosa has. Arosa locked that in. He's so long, not just with the kicks, but his arms, everything. And when he locked that in, you could tell that he switched over, grabbed the leg, and it was done. He was going to have a hard time. Jordan was going to have a hard time getting his hips away to try to alleviate the pressure. And even when you do get your hips away when someone's that long, it makes it easier for them just to kind of lock it in nice and tight. And he can fish for the leg if he needs to. He could have kept that pressure on the whole time, um, even if, he, if his legs would have escaped. So, I mean, it, it, it was a close fight up until the third round. It was a fun fight. It was, yep. I thought it was probably one of the, fu the funnest fights on the, on the night. And so it was, uh, it was a great fight between the two of them. They were both letting some hands go. Jordan was seemed to be the faster fighter. He was, I had him, he was landing the cleaner, harder shots, but it seemed like every time Arosa hit him, it kind of made him go back, made Jordan go backwards. So, but the harder shots that you heard on TV, those ones came from Jordan. And so the speed and the mixing of up on the feet with Jordan, I had him winning. I had him winning the fight up until the moment that he got, he got caught in the choke. So, but it was, it was a fun fight. Yeah, if I, I, if I probably... was to say what fights. What fights were some of the best tonight? That was one of oh. the best ones. Oh, it was great. And it was a great finish. Because that's what you're looking for out of fighters. You're, you're, you want them to go You want them to go after the finish. I don't want you to go after, okay, I'm winning the third round, and I and my coach told me that I, I need to win this round, but I'm winning it so I can just ride it out. You want the guy that goes for the finish, and that's what Arosa did, and that's what made that fight really good. And so congratulations to him. I know he had you know, some heartbreak with a, a – a teammate at Extreme Couture losing their life, uh, something going bad in surgery or something. But uh, it's uh, that was it was a nice victory, and he's giving you know that that win over in that situation. So good for him! Congratulations! Great performance. Nice. Um, and then, what do you think about Jack Shore? He's good. He's good everywhere. You know, he, is he, he doesn't good have or is it the competition right now is not up. Is he good or is the competition just not at his level? 
like should we be saying that? Well, he you know, you, would, he's a top fifteen guy, but the guy, like the guys, after watching that fight, um, I don't know his, how you say his okay, name. Okay, what, what you're know? expecting is you wanted him, you wanted him to have a finish in that fight. Yeah, I think and I don't so. blame. He had opportunities That's in the I first. I believe for. it was. I thought it was the first round he had. He had he had an opportunity to finish the fight there, um, and then he wasn't able to finish it. I think he was on the back. I'm trying to remember. Side choke. Sorry, he had a side choke position. He yeah. he realized that he wasn't. He, he realized that it wasn't in, and then he went back to the mount and didn't finish it. And then in the fight, ended up going the distance. But it was a. Uh, he's dominant. He's good. He moves well. He's got good striking. Um, but I also, I also, and I'm going to go back to what we always say, is for these younger guys. Don't rush it. You know, with Aspinall later, we'll talk about him as well. Like he's not in a hurry. And I don't think I don't think Shore should be in a hurry either because they're not on that big money pay scale yet. You know, when you start making the the one fifty or the one twenty or the two hundred or whatever it is, then you can start asking for those top ten, top five guys. I'm I it's good to know that he's not really trying to say, Hey, I want a top five guy. And that he's trying to like slow play it, it seems like, and uh get some wins and and build up his build up his record, which is good. But the the level of which I saw him, he looked way better than his opponent, and he just didn't have. But he should you got those type of yeah. guys you need to get out of there. Yes, I agree with you in that. But you got to take a look. I think that makes him four and zero in the UFC. Mm-hmm. He had he had that close fight against uh, Hunter Azure, who is good. I believe he was nine and one going into the to the, his fight with Jack Shore, and he lost that mm-hmm. one, but. Shore's right in that, you know, he's in that position like you talk about, you know, a Sugar Sean or something like that. These are the fights that he should be winning. Now, what you want to see him do is win these fights when he has someone that he's decidedly better than. You can see he's better in the stand-up. He's better on the ground. He's just better. I need you to not just ride the fight out, not just allow these rounds to go by, and yes, I'm winning, and yes, he was. I need you to look for that area where you're going to finish your opponent. And if you're if you're not finishing these guys here, then you're going to leave an opponent the ability to come back in a fight that you're winning, but you don't put them away, and that's going to be what's going to bite you in the butt, and that's going to be your first loss is you're not figuring out ways of putting these guys away. And, and it's tough. I'm not saying it's not tough. It's tough to put away a good fighter. But when you have a, you know, just a basic, you know, technical proficiency that's better everywhere than your opponent you should be finishing him yeah we had this conversation with rafian stotts in one of the fighter meetings and i said hey when you're some when you're leaps and bounds yeah. above like better than someone don't let that person linger around because one day it's going to bite you in the ass you know and you don't want you don't want that to happen and so uh rafian took it in with you know a grain of salt but like in this situation i think with jack shore he needs to needs to make sure that guys like this, you get them out of there. Because no matter what, in this game with four-ounce gloves, they're dangerous. Everyone's dangerous. You know, and when you get to the level of which you're at the UFC or if you're in Bellator, if you're at one, whatever, PFL, all these guys, and I'm females, they all have an opportunity to finish you at any time, at any moment. You know, injured or not, or hurt, you know, beat up or not. They have an opportunity to finish you. And so, um, yeah, but I think I think he's on the right track, obviously, 15-0. It looks like he, they're slow playing him, which is good because he's young. He's 26 years old. He's very talented. Yep. You know, I wouldn't go as yep. far to say what, what Bisbing said about him being like the GSP. I wouldn't go that far yet, but I understand. That's but that's a good that's good that, that Bisbing's yeah. trying to like yeah. pump people up. Hey, he's supposed about to hype him. him. That's yeah, he his needs job. To. Yeah. That's his, his job. 
to hype him up. But yeah, that's what you got to do. And I think for for young talented yep. people like Jack Shore, he's fifteen, like you said, fifteen and zero. Okay, and he's had he's had dominant performances. It's good that Michael's doing something like that because now it gives that young man the confidence, the even more confidence going into his next fight. You know, and so I just hope that they slow play him until he starts making enough money to be fighting those top fifteen, top ten guys. Um, yeah. Okay, what else? Well, you had to be happy with Meatball, Meatball Molly McCann. I was, I was super. Got to win before. in the UFC here. That was a good um, fight. It was very, very competitive. I thought it was one-one going into the third round, and I thought it was a uh, a very impressive third round by Meatball Molly. I love the fact that she was just pressing, crushing the space, making it a rough, hard fight for Kim as far as not letting her use her length and that Molly did the right things to create the ability for her to take that win. Uh, I kind of, I loved at the end when she's pointing to the middle saying, let's, you know, let's throw down. Mm-hmm. Stuff. It was uh, Molly used up too much energy in the beginning. Um, she fought careless and reckless during that fight. Like in the very, in the first, in the first round led to the head, butt. you know, the, the clash of heads, we should say like they were trying to point out, it was a clash of heads. It was yeah. accidental on both parts. Yep. And, um, both but it was up until that did you give molly that first round uh it was yeah it was close i would have said she was probably ahead but she she ended up losing it from that point because she was yeah. not in a good position to throw and so gotcha. she even if you even if you realized it was a headbutt and that's what put her down i th- i thought that kim won the first round and that mm-hmm. molly came back and definitely took the second and definitely took the third and so but it really, it was a fun fight. They were both going for it. They are both trying to fight their style that was going to work for them. Kim was using good footwork. She was trying to use lateral movement. She was trying to create that distance where she could use that length advantage that she had. And Molly kept it. She couldn't make Molly pay enough to make it to where Molly stopped that forward pressure. And yeah. that's, that's part of the fight game. you got to make that person respect you to the point they say, I, it hurts me to go inside there, so I don't want to take that chance very often. Yeah, Molly did a great job of pushing the pace. She did a good job of fighting in the phone booth. Um, You know, she still kind of lacks a little bit in that clinch area. Now, I know that Kim seemed a little bit taller and longer in in that type of uh, body style. Kim didn't have the the ability or the energy to really get her down. She was able to get her down, I think, once or twice. But it wasn't enough, I think. Um, It wasn't – she didn't do it enough. She could have made the fight easier by getting Molly down more often, I think, had she been able to get to the top position. But Molly did a better job of of keeping it on the feet as well as fighting her in a phone booth. Every time she crushed the space and threw combinations in terms of twos and threes and fours, she did well. When she only threw ones and twos, the jab, the reach, all that stuff of Kim made it more difficult for Molly to land stuff. She was always outside of range. So every time she tried to throw something and it was only a one and a two, she was she was outside of range. She had to throw the three and the four for those to land. You know, and so and I've said this a bunch of times in terms of when you feel like that you can't land the one and the two, you need to throw the three and the four, regardless if you think you're going to land it or not. As long as your technique is on yeah, point, you got to put it out tucked, there. You've got to throw it. And majority of the time that three and four will land because your opponent knows that once you get in the habit of throwing just ones and twos and there is no threes and fours, that they can probably just back out real away or you're too far away or they can just cover and not have to worry about it. If you're not going to throw the three and the four. 
And so she needed to throw the three and the four. And when she did, yeah. she landed and she was having success with those, with those shots. But congratulations to her, man. She fought a great, she fought a good fight. There's a lot to come back from. You know, she got, she got dropped with the head, with the uh, clash of heads in the yeah. first round. Kind of changes the, changes the way you fight for a little bit. Then she was able to recover and go through the, go through the, the, um, the break between the rounds. And she came out in the second and she looked a lot better. So I took my hat to her. I'm glad she got the win. She's moving on. Good stuff. That was a big win for her. But the yeah. next fight is the one that if you were talking about, you know, Mike Bisping trying to pump somebody, everyone is trying to pump Patty the Batty Pimlet. Uh, mm-hmm. He had a very impressive win against Luigi uh, Vendramini. It's, uh, there, there's this comparison between him and Conor McGregor. And I'm like, no. It's not there. I'm sorry, you know. And I've I've watched Patty fight. I've watched him fight in Cage Warriors. I you know watched him against Soren Bach, you know, which he lost. But you know, he does have a very explosive ground game. He goes after a lot of you know big time flying techniques and things like that. But he got a good win here, and he looked good. But don't put the pressure on him to be the next Conor McGregor. And he kind of he he didn't sound like Conor on the mic. He sounded like James Gallagher. That's who he sounded like to me sounded on the like mic who? when he was, you know, James Gallagher. Oh, yeah, a little bit, huh? He did. Now that I think about it, yeah, he Yeah, did. I thought he sounded a lot like James Gallagher. Yeah. But, I mean, look, he's a guy from the Liverpool area that, you know, the UFC wants to put a lot of, you know, attention on, and they should because he's fun to watch. He's got a personality. I'm not too sure that technically in the stand-up he's going to be able to match up with, the top 150 fibers there is. He does, he leaves his chin way up in the air and he's done it consistently. I'm not just talking about this fight. I watched him in Cage Warriors when he did the same thing. He has got to break some of the bad habits that he has because he does leave his chin up in the air and someone is going to touch it and they're going to touch it good. You know, if it's out there, eventually it's going to get smacked. And so, but he's fun. He's fun to watch. And uh, it was a, that was a, a good win, a big win against a guy who, you know, in Luigi, we've watched before. Uh, he was, I think, undefeated until he got into the UFC, and now he's had some some rough ones. Yeah, so, okay, so I sat up here the other day, and I said that Patty the Batty looked like a 12-year-old. When he walked out to the cage, he's a lot bigger than I thought. <laughs> I was like, that does not look like the kid that I saw on the, on the picture. No, he looks, he's, well, he's, he's, he's grown, grown up into his body. Yeah, he's grown up a little bit since that yeah. picture. I mean, sure dog, do yourselves a favor, man. Switch out your pictures every once in a while. That poor kid looks like he's 12 years old up there. He looks like a grown-ass man right now. When I saw him on the camera, I was like, God damn, he's huge. I mean, he's got to be, what is he, five, he's 5'10", you know, but he's he's got kind of a, a long, yeah. slender body. He looks like he's pretty well-built. He's obviously got some punching power. He makes a lot of a lot of young mistakes, but he's 26 years old, and let him go. Let him do it. The thing yep. is, though, is that he's going to... He's going to have to stay with this level of opponent for at least three or four more fights because he's going to have, he's going to need time to fix these mistakes that he's making. Like you said, chin in the air, hands down. He wings a lot. He doesn't. It's going to be trouble. Yeah. He wings a lot of open shots. Guys that have power, they're going to touch him on the chin. It's going to be bad for him. And so, but I think, I think, um, look, I'm going to go back to Bisbing again, you know, and look, He's doing the right thing in terms of he's pumping the people from his country. He's doing a good job and making sure because he's doing a good job making sure that, that there's new interest in the UK. And because right now yeah. it's it's there there really isn't any. 
You know, you don't, you, the ones that stake their claim and started for the sport for them over in the UK, they're gone. You know, you had Dan Hardy, you had, um, you had Michael Bisbing and, Michael Bisping. uh, you know, you, you had a group. Ian of, Freeman of, was the first. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. But you had fighters from there that were phenomenal, but now they're they're gone. And so now they need to start. They need to spark some interest in getting them back, getting getting some new fighters from there. And I'm glad they, they've got Molly, they've got uh, Patty Pimlet, they've got other good young fighters that are coming from there. And it's good that they're pumping them up. He's got a little bit of a rep to him. I'm not going to go as far to say as Conor McGregor, but you know he does have that little swagger to him, which is nice. It's good to have, but I feel like the UK fighters all have a little bit of that swagger. You know, got Darren Till, that yeah. type of stuff. You know, these type of guys, they have that, the way they talk on the mic is fun. It's good. And I think with a little bit more experience, giving him guys like Luigi, and if he can continue to beat guys like Luigi, and sh- and he showed that he's a fighter tonight. Took some shots, got in trouble in the beginning of the fight, and then, you know, at the end of the first round, was able to get him out of there. He showed that he was a fighter. He recovered. Those are the things that you, as a promoter, yep. you want to see. And I think UFC is just probably just chopping at the bit going, look, we've got somebody here. We've got something oh, we can build on. So they're happy about it. And I think in, in a show like yep. tonight where I said, when we said that, what, on our midweek show, we said, this is when the fighters need to rise up. There's not a lot of big names on this card, but all it takes is for you to just rise so it gives up you that opportunity. stand out. Yes, because you're not getting overshadowed by guys like, you know, Darren Till and Derek Brunson. That's yeah, the main event, of course. Big. But there's there's not a bunch of other ones that are on there. There's no Cody Garbrandt. There's no TJ Dillashaws. There's no, you know, there's no uh, Izzy's on there. There's no other top-level fighters that are on there. It's all young and up-and-comers that are coming up. And it was your time to shine. And I think he did a great job in doing in coming through tonight. Good stuff for him. Oh, he did. Another kid, 26 th- years old, right? S- stands out. That's what you want. So that was yeah, a good win for him. I, I Really, especially since, well... What's that? I said, please cut. He needs to cut his hair, though. <laughs> he looks like he looks like John. Now, and man, he looks the, like John. He's got the John Beatles haircut, man. Do you he's remember got, the movie? Remember, remember the no, sitcom he's Chips? The, he's got the old Beatles haircut, man. That's from no. 1964. It's awesome. Oh, I know. I know what it's from. <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember, remember Chips, it. the motorcycle. Uh, yeah. Remember man. that? John and yeah, Punch. With pu- John and John Punch. Baker. He looks like John. He looks like John. That hair. <laughs> No, no, John's hair did not look like that. Oh, that, well, his Poncho's hair looked like that. That, but... that haircut was that is is pure freaking Paul McCartney, John Lennon, Ringo Starr, George Harrison. No. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, that's a, that's all right, let's talk do... about Khalil Roundtree, man. That's a to-do ah, list Khalil not Roundtree to ever do again. Good, he did look good. He's oh, got yeah, a lot of power. Good. You got to go different barber. What's that? He's, you know, the the big thing with Khalil is you never know what you're going to... The big thing with Khalil is you never know what you're going to get because he is... You can see the nerves when he's coming out. He is a guy that he's got nerves and he, he's got to settle in in the fight. And he did, you know, pretty quick because he landed some big shots. He saw that he hurt, you know, Bukakis. Uh, it's a matter of... He just, at times... I look at him and I, and I go back to his Eric Anders fight because he was so dominant in that fight, but because he knocked he knocked Anders down, I want to say four times in that fight, and it's some huge knockdowns, but always remain calm. But sometimes was a little too calm and didn't press when you had that opportunity to finish the fight. In this one, you know he did finish the fight. He finished it in a weird way with the uh, basically the oblique kick, and it didn't hit his knee. It hit his thigh. 
but it bent his knee in and you know caused uh, Modestus to not be able to continue on. It hurt him and stuff. And and you're going to hear all kinds of people now. And I, I heard you even on the fight companion with Quinton talking about yeah. John Jones and that terrible oblique kick, and it's horrible. Yeah. And God, they should outlaw it. Cracks yeah. me up. Yeah, but I think you should need people in the head on the ground though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. You know, it's like, oh yeah, that's good, but that kick is not. It's like, which one? Which one's going to do more damage to your life? You know, it's. I'm not saying you know, it, it, you could outlaw anything. There's you can you could take away anything in the sport. It will it change the sport? Yeah, it's going to change the sport. But if you're going to sit there and you're going to allow people to get kicked to the head, and you're going to allow that all these things, and you're allowing me to knee you into the head, and you're all these things. And now you're going to say, oh, I can't throw a kick towards your knee come on crazy i know it's just it's, it's a horrible, always the guys that are just technique. not good at dealing with it it's true it's a horrible technique <laughs> i mean like i just think about i, I think about the, the life the life injury of that he's a year he'll be gone for a year now he's gonna have a hard time building his career back up i understand what you're saying i do i do get it like would you rather get kicked in the head or would you rather have your knee blown out most people would say i'd rather get kicked in the head because it's over quicker and i can start training probably in about a month you know, whereas your knee, you're out for a and year. When I wake and up, you, I'll feel better. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, exactly, right. Not always, but you will, you will wake up. You know, and then <laughs> it's just you're, that feeling of like, you man, hope. I'm out, for, I'm out for a year. That's true. It, that feeling of I'm out for a year. How much money did I lose in that year of not training and rehabbing? And will I ever be the same? Will my knee ever be the same? You know, will will my leg strength ever be the same? Will my mobility and my movement in that? Will I be able to hit triangles the same? Will I be able to will I be able to shoot my double legs the same? Those are all things that go through your mind. I understand when people get they get knocked out to the head, whether it's with the hands or with knees to the head or, or head kicks, everything along this, it's something that you can't see. So the fact that I can't see the damage doesn't mean that it's not there. But it's as a fighter, you're like, ah, I don't worry about it. Don't care. You know, but with my knee, you you know, you know that it, there's, your it changes the way you fight. It changes the, your game plan sometimes. If you have to shoot, now you have to shoot with the other leg forward. If you have to kick, maybe you can only kick with one side now. You never know. Like it changes the way people fight, and so that's happened to me before, not with my knee, but with my ankle. You know, I had to quit kicking to the body because it hurt me more than it hurt my opponents to kick people to the body. Even when I landed them clean, it still hurt me, and so it just was a shitty situation. I can imagine with the knee as well. You know, trying to trying to hit butterfly guard. You know, how's that going to ha- change with his mobility? So those are things that I think about. You know, I don't know how old he is. Modesta, I don't know how old he is, but he's probably, I'd say, somewhere around 28, 29. And what's his recovery going to be like? So hopefully he heals up quickly, has surgery, heals up quickly, and and, and uh, gets a comeback. Um, What other fights? So the Murano fight I wasn't overly impressed with. I thought Murano looked good, but it wasn't super action-packed. He did. He did what he needed to do to get the win. Um, you know, it was it was good. It was a good performance, but it, it, yeah. for, for someone who is not a big guy, he fights very well against big big guys. He did a really good job. He landed some clean shots. He does wing a lot. He does miss a lot. Yeah, but um, shots. yeah, he wings quite a bit. But I mean, overall, he's you know he seems like he's he's on track in terms of getting wins. What's his like his seventh win? I think is what they said. Can you click on Alex Moreno? He's had a lot. I think his last yeah, loss had... was to Chaos Williams. He got knocked out real fast. Mm, oh, no, he's not seven. He's lost uh, a pass. No, no, it was Anthony Pettis. God, what did I hear? Yeah, he had... Chaos Williams was before that. Got it. He beat Max Griffin, which is nice. Big win there. B 
beat Cerrone. Huh. I mean, overall, though, he's got, um, you know, he sits more upright. He's not a, he doesn't look like to be a big guy. He could probably make 55 if he really wanted to die down and kill himself. Yeah. But yeah. why? Why do that? <laughs> he's, he seems like he's one of those tweeners. Um, and then what was the other fight? Oh, Aspinall. So Tom Aspinall. Frank yeah, Mir's illegitimate son. son. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would be. I, hey. <laughs> I won't be surprised. Um, <laughs> they, they look identical. I swear. They look like they, they look could be father son type thing. It's hilarious. Um, but overall, very talented, very talented movement, mobility, striking. You know, he's, he's, he seems really good, you know, and I, this is, goes back to what I was talking about earlier is he's slow playing his success, which is great. Cause I think he understands once you get up to that top five, top eight, top 10 fighters in the heavyweight division, there's no going backwards, you know, and if you go backwards, it means that they're going to probably be stopped building you. And so he's, he's got a lot of the natural talent and ability. He reminds me of a, a little bit of uh serial gone. Like that movement, his mobility, all of that yeah. stuff. So I think, you know. Well, he's he is fast. For a heavyweight, he's got fast hands. He's got good yeah. good movement. But how many fights is that in the UFC for him? Like four? I think that's his fourth fight. Yeah, what do we got, like Dave? One, two, three, four, three, fights? four. Yep, four fights. Yep. Four fights. You know, he did have the fight against Andre Arlovsky. I think that was another last-minute replacement. Arlovsky took yeah. the fight against him, but you take a look at who he's fighting. You know, so you got to figure Sergey just beat uh, Al, uh, Ole, I can't even say it. Olenek. Alexi Olenek. Uh So that was a big win for Sergey, and uh, this is a big win for Tom because he handled him cleanly, and that that was a very well placed elbow the way he did it. I know it, right away Dan Cormier was saying he's. It was a beautiful right hand. I go, dude, that was an elbow, man. Yeah. And it cut him open good. But it was extremely well-placed. And then he you know, finished up with him. But you could see the real difference in that fight was the speed difference. Aspinall's way faster. And he's a good athlete. You can see it. Now, you know, he's, he's got two losses to guys early in his career. But he's coming along. And I think he's doing the exact thing that he should be doing. Don't be trying to race yourself to the top. Take that nice, steady climb. I loved when he said, if I'm 13, give me 12. Perfect, yeah. perfect way to look at it. I'm always trying to take that next step up, but I'm not trying to make that giant jump. And this is yeah. the experience, and it is experience that you get. And he, he was very honest when he said, you know, I'm scared to death when I come in here. And, he, and you are. You know, it, and it's not, you're not scared of your opponent. You're scared of failure. You're scared of not doing something you know, to your ability and, and looking bad. And so that's what he's scared of. And you're always going to have that. It's just your ability to deal with it and to section it off, control it. You know, I think he's making all the right statements. He's making all the right moves. And I expect big things out of him in the heavyweight division. He's going to be one of those guys. Yeah. Yeah, I expect him to be um, successful, you know, especially as he gets a little bit older and he matures a little bit more and he just develops more knowledge, more wisdom inside that cage. And I think the way he's approaching it is very, um, it's good for him, you know, and it's very, very rare mature. that you find, yeah, yeah, very mature. It's very rare that you find young talent that is as good as him that are trying to slow play it. They usually want to rush and get to the top and I'm going to be the <laughs> yeah, great. They all, they're, give me the belt. Yep. Give me the belt. <laughs>
All right, we want to talk about one of our favorite products, Fume. It is the best way, if you are a smoker, to quit smoking, quit vaping naturally. It replaces that hand-to-mouth habit that you you get because you're a smoker with favorable, flavorable, I can't even talk, I'm so excited about it, plant-like flavors. It curbs the nicotine cravings with black pepper. There's a menthol sensation, which you'll get out of the peppermint or eucalyptus. And there's also stress relief with the lavender and cinnamon. So no smoke, no vape, no nicotine, and no harmful chemicals that can hurt you. Just plants. You got to head to www.breathefume.com slash weighing in. Now, Breathe Fume is B-R-E-A-T-H-E and then F-U-M with no E. Don't put an E on the end of fume. Just F-U-M. Go to that. And that will be where you can get 10% off by being a weighing in listener. You get that 10% off and you can go and actually get one of their natural packs. They have an entire pack where you can get the fume prominent, which is the inhaler. It's the, it's the tube that you'll put the core into. You'll get one pack of conquer, one pack of peppermint, one pack of black pepper, and the newest white cranberry. They are all outstanding. I like the way they make you feel. It's just a clean and effervescent feeling. It's not like smoking. You can do it on a plane. You can do it on a boat. You can do it anywhere, and it's not going to bring anybody else into your world. As far as there's no smoke going out there, you're not going to bother anyone. It is one of the greatest products out there. If you want to quit smoking, go to Fume. It is outstanding. And now we're going to talk about the main event. So Derek Brunson and Darren Till... The story was you couldn't stop the takedowns. He took some big damage in the first round. Sometimes you get overzealous, and he had he had hurt Brunson in the third round. He had hurt him, and he got a little too overzealous, kept chasing after him, and eventually got take got pushed to the fence. Hands were locked, and once Derek Brunson's hands were locked, he was able to lift, get the takedowns. He's just nasty on top, man. He's got good heavy hip pressure. He's a good wrestler. He has slowed down a little bit in Brunson. Brunson slowed down a little bit. Like his speed on his feet is not is not very good. Like nope. he's slowed down considerably. Um, and so it, it's gonna be he's gonna be hard, it's gonna be hard for him, I think, to beat guys like Izzy. I think Darren Till had opportunities and chances, but you could tell he was extremely nervous about getting taken down. So he had defended a couple takedowns, but once he got taken down, there was he had no answer for the bottom. He had no he had no half guard get up. He had no butterfly sweeps. He had no kick kick you back and get back to your feet. There was nothing. I was expecting a little bit more off the bottom from Darren Till. I look at this and there's there is something, and I don't know what it is, but when I watch Derek Brunson, I'm always on the edge of my seat with he's getting tired. He's slowing down quickly. I and mean, we're talking first round, you'll look and you go, ooh, he's starting to get tired. And even Darren Till, after the first round, went back to his corner and said, he's tired. You know, it, it's visible. And it's like, I don't know if, you know, Derek may have had a, a rough camp. He may have been injured. He wasn't able to do all the things that he would like to do to get himself in that uh, peak form of condition and stuff. But he cannot go into a fight with, you know, Izzy, and think he's going to win with the gas tank that he had against Darren Till. That's just not going to happen. You, you can't go into that thinking this is going to work for me. And I, I'm not saying he's not putting in the effort. I thought he, I, he's done outstanding since he's been with 
Sanford MMA, you know, all the wins he's gotten. And he's always been the underdog. He was the underdog again today. And I thought if he could get Till off of his feet, he had a very good chance of winning the fight. Uh, but I'm really in that, man, he's, he has not, he's not the explosive fighter that he once was. I think he's a smarter fighter, much smarter as far as the way he goes about doing stuff. But that explosiveness is really dissipated down. And I'm really in that position of, man, he, you know, some guys just get tired. You know, they have that fast twitch muscle fiber and it just does they cannot maintain those paces. And it did not look good after the first round as far as his conditioning. Now he came out and he was okay again, but again, he had moments where you look and you said he's tired and he's going to have to get past that. Yeah, he's right. You know, he he's at that you know five six mark, but you look at the guys that are ahead of him, they don't get tired. Yeah, you know, it, the only time I've ever seen Izzy in a position where I'd say he was really tired. Yeah, you could say against Gastelum and anybody would because that was just an amazing fight with a ton of damage and a ton of pace and pressure. It was just incredible. So that one and Blahovich, he looked a little tired, but other than that. You don't see Whitaker getting tired. You don't see Cannoneer really getting tired. You're looking at those top guys and you're going, no one there gets tired. And if you're the guy that's getting tired, that's not a good place for you to be. You know, Vittori, he doesn't get tired for the most part. You know, he yeah. he can bring it, he can go. Jack Hermanson, he doesn't get tired. Derek's the one guy you look and you go, he gets tired. So it was a good win, a great win against a guy that I consider very dangerous on the feet. Till is very good with his stand up. But he's going to have to figure out what is that thing that's going to take him to that point where he doesn't have to worry about that getting tired coming into effect. Yeah, yeah, we're going to see, man. Um, I th- I think I agree with you in terms of it's going to take. He's going to have to do something. I don't know if he's carrying too much muscle. If he's carrying a little bit too much weight, yeah. something's going on. You said and you said fast twitch, but I didn't see anything fast twitch from him tonight. He's not no. fast twitch anymore. He used to be fast twitch. He used to be well, if you go back, If you go back to his strike, when he was in strike force. Yep. Look, he, he was fast. And yep. he had some really impressive performance. And then, you know, you go back and watch his fights, fight against Yoel Romero. I mean, he was oh, beating yeah. Yoel. He was beating. Taking him down. Oh, fuck yeah. And that guy is gone as far as the yeah. speed. Now, I do think he fights more intelligently now. I think he's a smarter fighter as far as the way he approaches the fight and the way he, once he's in the cage, what he does, you know, as far as, you know, dealing with his opponent. I thought he was smart against Shabazian. I thought it was a great performance. I thought he was smart against Holland. Great performance. This, you know, a good performance. He was smart in taking him down and doing damage. I loved when he was posturing up in the first round, the way he was bringing those shots. They were heavy. That's what we talk about, man. Posture will create damage for you if you use it the right way. And he was. And I can understand why by the end of it he's a little tired because he he put out a lot of energy. But he's going to have to go five rounds. And to go five rounds right now, you know, he, he went five rounds with Holland. He was tired. But this one he was tired, you know, at the end of the first. And so there's got to be something done to, to make up that space. Yeah, if I if I put him in against Izzy, I think he's got a good chance in the first round and a half, two rounds, if he can get the fight to the ground. Because we've seen when Izzy fought Jan that it wasn't – he didn't have a whole lot off of his back either. 
No. You know, and so, but the thing is, if you look at him, he's a big, tall, long guy. He's physically strong. He's a lot harder to take down, I think, than Darren Till is. Um, But it's going to be, it's, it's going to be hard because Izzy's striking is a lot cleaner and crisper than Darren Till's. When it comes down to it, Izzy picks and chooses his shots and they come fast and they come very accurate. So it's not, I don't know. I, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like he doesn't have a chance. He's got a chance, but I look at the way Izzy fights and the, and the way he's fighting right now. I don't know. It doesn't give me a lot, a lot of confidence, but let's not take too much away from him tonight. He had a great fight. No. He had a good win. He dominated the first two rounds. He did what he had to do. And uh, he started looking like he started getting tired in the third, but he got clipped. But look, the thing with him, clipped. even when he looks tired, he still still finds ways to to get the win, get the takedown. Yep. So, yep, you got to give him. Got to give it to him. Yeah, yep. got to give it to him. You know, uh, that's a big win against a guy that the UFC really would have liked Darren Till to win that yeah. fight, so they could push him towards the Izzy fight. But I like I like the fact that Derek, you know, doesn't care. <laughs> You're going to be stuck with me. That's the way to do it. Good job for you, Derek. True. All right, well, hey, Dave, what else you got for us, man? We're getting into some news? Yep, let's hop into some news. So the first piece of news coming out is um, Charles Oliveira uh, talking about the potential fight with Dustin Poirier. It's expected to happen in December at UFC 269. Um, and so that's that's kind of like the, the expectation around that fight right now. Yeah, I think it's a great fight. I, I honestly believed, I thought I, I would... I wouldn't be surprised though if Dustin doesn't fight him and fight somebody like Nate Diaz. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Now, look, I understand the belt means a lot. I get it. I understand that. But he's kind of done everything that he needs. He's he needs to do in the sport. He was an interim champion. Who cares? He's fought the he best guys in the world. I know, I know. But still, he does. he's got he still has the belt at home, my friend. Yeah, guess <laughs> what? Uh, so, he knows and he wants. Oh, he's, I get it, but this is, <laughs> look, this is a really tough fight for him. Stylistically, this is a good fight I think for him. Yeah, Charles, this is one of his it, toughest. This will be one of his toughest fights. And Charles right now is on, he's on another level, like not, not another level above him. I'm just simply saying the two of these guys are on just different levels than the yep. rest of the, the, the rest of the division. The rest of the division is not on par with these two. And so this fight, yes, I would love for it to happen. I would love for it to happen this year. And Dustin's got his hands full because this guy can fight everywhere. He can fight on the feet. He can fight on the ground. But I, if this fight hits the ground, Charles Oliveira is had has is leaps and bounds above Dustin on the ground. And I'm not, that's not a dig. That's not a dig at all no. on, on on Dustin at all. But when it comes to transition grappling, I haven't seen too many guys that are as good as him on the ground. Charles Oliveira. And that's what I mean in, in terms of the grappling portion of it. Look, it's one thing when Dustin jumps on the head and arm choke because he's strong and he can get there. I understand that. And, and he fights for that and he gets that submission. That's that's fine. But when it comes to, hey, I missed the arm bar. I'm going to go to triangle. And I missed the triangle. Now I'm going to attack the knee bar. That's the type of transitions that I'm talking about that you're going to get from someone like a Charles Oliveira. And I don't know if that's a level on the ground that Dustin's ready for. I mean, don't get me wrong. With punches, things change. But it's that's gonna be that's gonna be a hard that's gonna be a really hard uh, fight for Dustin to have to deal with if he's he's thinking do I punch or do I defend this do I defend the submission or do I defend the submission and then all of a sudden now I'm getting punched it's it's a weird combination in which he's gonna have to deal with when you know somebody's as good as Charles is on the ground Dustin on the feet I give it to him because he's got the power 
the southpaw stance, the straight left, the way he puts his combinations together, the way he rips the body. I give it to him on the feet. So it's really going to come down to who can implement their game plan. But I mean, the way I saw Charles taking people down, the way he's done, I was like, damn, this is, he's good. He's tough. So it's going to be a fun fight. I think there's other things, there's other equations you've got to look at when looking at this fight. I, I, I agree with you. On the ground, Charles, Charles is the better submission guy. That's why Charles has the UFC record for the most submissions. Okay. There's a reason why he has it. He's that good, and he, and he transitions incredibly well from one attempt to another. He's always putting you in danger. He's making you have to defend, which makes it to where you can't be offensive against him, and that makes it you know, that he's going to come away with a win in the fight. And that's why he's where he's at. But you look at the stand-up. I think that Charles has got very good stand-up, but when it comes to fighting against a southpaw, it's going to change some of his stand-up. It's going to change what he's affected with, and the kick is going to... Uh, the kicks are going to affect him in a different way because Charles does lead with a heavy leg when he's trying to be powerful and he's going to try to be powerful against Dustin. The big difference here that I see is one guy goes five rounds hard. One guy doesn't. Dustin can go and build in each round. He gets better and better where Charles starts off good and starts to tail off. You know, he's got that fast twitch muscle fiber difference and stuff where He's got to be the guy in control of the pace for him to be comfortable in the fight. And Dustin does a very good job of taking control of the pace and the pressure in the fight. So I think uh, conditioning-wise, just the guy that can go longer, harder is Dustin Poirier. The guy that's got the better submission game is Oliveira. The guy that's better in the stand-up overall, look, they're close. Like you said, I think Dustin has more power than uh, Oliveira. But, you know, it all comes down to that, you know, we'll see. And that's the best part about it because they both have their elements where they can win the fight. And they both have elements where you look and you go, if this comes into play, this could be the difference in that fight. And so I think it's a great championship fight. I cannot wait for it. And I think it's the right fight for Dustin Poirier. I think it's the right fight for Charles Oliveira and the right fight for Dustin because Charles needs to beat Dustin for everyone to look at him and go, yep, you're the guy. And Dustin needs to be the, you know, in that position where undisputed is by his name. Just the way I look at it. Okay, I see where you're coming from. I don't think he needs, I don't think Charles needs to be Dustin. I think Charles has done what he needed to do to become the champ. You know, and I think if anyone needs to beat anybody, it'd be, it would be Dustin needs to beat Charles because Charles is the champ. Now look, fighting somebody like Connors obviously was good for the, the bank account. But at the end of the day, everyone's going back on, all right, you beat you beat Connor, but Connor was inactive or just wasn't he wasn't he wasn't as good as Connor used to be. So you beat a guy that really wasn't at championship level. And if you're gonna say that, hey, you wanna fight somebody, don't don't shake your head no. It's true. Charles Connor was not at championship level, and Dustin beat him twice. Okay? That's that's, that's, that's <laughs> just the hold fact. Hold the, okay, this comes down to the whole thing I love with because this is when when uh People talk about Cyborg and Nunez, and they're saying, oh, she's already beat her. Well, Connor beat Dustin once before and then lost mm-hmm. twice, and that's what happens when you have really good fighters go against each other. You can have one, you know, win one contest, and then the other one's going to win the next. That's the difference. But you can say, well, you know, I'll, I'll agree that Connor maybe, I think he made mistakes. He's still a great fighter. You can't I take didn't away. I did say that. 
He's a great fighter. He made mistakes in the second fight where he fought it like a boxer. He he took away some of the things that made him dangerous by fighting a different style of fight because he was looking towards the future and he was going to fight somebody else in a boxing ring. That didn't work out well. He came back in the in the, the third one, and yeah, I, he was losing the fight, but the broken leg is what stopped it in the end. Okay, but he's still top-level fighter. Okay, but what I was saying was that he wasn't championship-level fighter. That's what my point was. Charles Oliveira was his championship-level fighter. That at, right now, at this peak in his career, he's at the championship level of his career. He fought Chandler, beat Chandler. He fought Tony before that, he beat Tony. He's beat whoever he's needed to beat to get to the title. He's now the champion. That's true. Dustin has done the same thing. I'm not knocking what Dustin's done at all. I'm a huge Dustin fan. I'm a huge Dustin fan. But well, obviously you're not to, because you're no, definitely putting him down you, saying he didn't no, beat champion-level people. I am not. I am not. I think but Connor had said, two championships, so he beat championship-level people. John, calm down. <laughs> Pump the brakes, buddy. <laughs> when you brakes. said that Charles had to prove that he had to beat Dustin to, to prove that he was undisputed, that I didn't think that was true. I think that's that's not that shouldn't be the case because he beat. No, no, who he I, that's to beat not what I said. Champion. That's, but what, that's not what I said. No, I'm it's not rewind. what I said. I'm going to rewind the tape. You go ahead and rewind it. I said <laughs> Dustin wants to hear. Dustin wants to hear the word undisputed, and the only way he can do that is by beating Charles, and Charles needs to have it to where there are people out there that are saying that Dustin Poirier is the best lightweight in the world, and he needs to have that win to prove them wrong. That's what I'm saying. Okay, well, I don't think I don't think Charles needs to prove it to anybody. He's the champ right now, and that's it. That's the bottom You're line. You're so wrong. You no. are so wrong. No, he doesn't need Absolutely to prove it to anybody. <laughs> he has looked phenomenal in beating everybody that he's faced, and, so, and yeah. Dustin's, looked, Dustin's looked phenomenal as well. But oh, one is okay. the champ. One is the champ and one is not. So the champ doesn't need to prove anything to anybody. Okay, but hold on, hold on. Get it. Who did the champ beat to get that title? Mike Chandler. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a good fight. I'm not saying yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah. But Dustin Poirier beat Justin Gaethje mm-hmm. to get that interim title. And then he ran into the guy that if you're talking about, we, we were talking about these yeah. guys are a level above. There's the one guy that was just a level above that. You know, and so I, I just look at it. I do think that this is a fight that Charles needs to put his stamp on. I am the best in this weight class. I just I, I could see what, I could see that. I could see what you're saying when you put it that way. You didn't put it that way to begin with, so that's why I had to give you a hard time. Okay, <laughs> that's why. My point is that he doesn't need to Dude, prove take anything. Take the to anybody. wax out of he's, your ears. He's the man right now. He's the man. I think he's he's a stud. Dustin to him is going to be a, a great stud. fight. Okay, to go back on, we've been ranting on this for long enough. This can be this can be a great fight if it happens in December. Great if Dustin decides to take the money fight and go go with Nate Diaz. No. I'm, I'm just gonna tell you, I told you so. <laughs> Dustin, don't ever oh. listen to Josh Thompson. I was all for fight. you taking the money fight with Connor. I understand that one. This is the one you want. This one against Oliveira. That's the fight. The Diaz fight is the money fight, bro. <laughs> well, if, if you if you want to, you know say who the real money, you know who the real fucking money fight is, Dustin. <laughs> Take the money fight. Uh, what else you got for us, Dave? Uh, All right, sticking to the theme of UFC 269, uh, Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena. Uh, title fight is happening. 
Well, I mean, if they've already scheduled it and they kind of have it that it's scheduled, I'm glad that Amanda Nunes is fine. I'm glad that her family is fine after having been struck down with COVID. Uh, even the baby, I guess, had it. So it's oh. good that everybody is good. And um, I'm glad that she can get back into training, man. I still, nothing has changed on the way I feel about this fight. I think Juliana Pena's got her fucking hands full. She can't, If she can't get this fight to the ground, she's going to have a really, really rough night. But if she can get the fight to the ground, and she can be on top, not pulling guard. Yeah. If she's on bottom, yeah. she's getting smashed too. Okay, but if she's able to get on top and do some work, I could see her having a better night. But every round, this fight starts on the feet. And I'm sorry, but that power doesn't go anywhere between the rounds. That's it. She still possesses knockout power every damn round, tired or not. So it's a tough fight, John. It's just a tough fight, period. Yeah, you for Juliana, I think you're right. You know, and I, I really respect Juliana and the skill set she brings. And when she is in the top position for ground and pound, she is outstanding. She's vicious. She's super heavy. She's got great positioning, great base and balance. But I hate to do that. Take a look at what Amanda brings to the table. This is someone that understands how to stop the takedown. Someone who on the ground is just as good. It is a question on who can get to that top position if this fight ends up on the ground. On the feet, there is a night and day difference between these two. On the feet, Amanda's got way more power. She's way more technical, and she's longer. Just everything is in, in the advantage for her in the stand-up. She's got to make a big mistake for Juliana to have something happen in the stand-up. On the ground, that's the difference, and it's all about who's in the top position. But, you know, since, you know, Kat Zingano, there hasn't been, you know, many people that have been able to be in the top position against Amanda. I'm not saying it hasn't happened at, at a moment's time, but then she scrambled out. But Kat was the only one, the last one that I can remember, that was able to get in a dominant position in top and be, you know, with Amanda on her back. So can Juliana do it? Absolutely. It's possible. I just don't see it happening that often in the fight. And like you said, for five rounds, it starts on the feet. That's a, that's a bitch if you're Juliana. This is this is at one thirty five. Yep. Yeah. So that I mean, listen. That the other thing too, Amanda Nunes has to worry about is just get her weight back down. You know, yeah. she had fought several times at one forty five. You know, she likes obviously to fight at one forty five. That weight cut sucks. And and for most people, they don't understand is that for females, it's a lot harder to cut weight to get down to that weight class. So if they're like they don't. They don't sweat like the guys do. They don't, it doesn't come out as easy. And then sometimes, you know, females have to schedule their bouts around whatever their cycle their is. Their bouts? Because it makes it <laughs> – get to schedule their, 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 fight, their, yeah. their fights. They have well, to schedule that, their that, fights. That's a, that is – it's something they have to think about because, you know, you have a yeah. period and it's hard to take weight off. You're carrying water. It's, it, there's yeah. They have it rougher than guys, no doubt about it. But, you know, the, the thing to think about is it is September 5th. That fight is December 11th. She has all yeah. the time that, she, that is needed for her to bring her weight exactly where it needs to be, and she's a professional. Uh, there's no doubt she'll be just fine. Got it. All right, Dave, what else? Uh, next piece of news, and some good news, George Masvidal, um, you know, the kind of um he had an event scheduled and he moved it to October to just kind of support uh, what's going on with the with Hurricane Ida right now. 
Yeah, I had yeah. seen it on his on his Instagram. He had basically said that because his event was going to take up like a whole block of rooms, hotel rooms, that he decided to, to move it to another date when people didn't need hotel rooms. So after the hurricane, he made sure that the event was moved till potentially after when everyone was pretty much done uh, needing to use have access to the hotel room. So I got to tip my hat to him, man. Good call. Way, way, uh, way to be considerate and way to look out, look out for for others. I like that, man. Super like necessary. It I like it. Yeah, super, super necessary. necessary. Well, there you go. Hey, you know, it, you got to look. And th- this is what when people look at this and they're going to go, oh, that's no big deal. No, it cost him money. He's yeah. going to lose money in moving the date because he's already put out a lot of marketing and done things for that date. So this is going to it's going to come out of his pocketbook and it's not yeah. easy to lose money no matter who you are. And so way to go, George. Making the right call, it's the, for the right reasons, and I hope your event goes when you reschedule it. I hope it makes it all back. He's a good dude. He is always has. Dude, been. He's, he's an OG. Love it. All right, what else? Dave? He is an OG, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, is Dos Anjos um, speculating a potential retirement? He came out and said that basically the fight with Islam is his last chance to get to the title. No, I don't think, I think he's a, right. It is. It, I think it is the last chance for me to title, but I don't think it's speculation of retirement. What it is is that saying, "Hey, if I don't win this fight, Reality. they probably will not. They probably won't let me have another run." That doesn't mean I'm not gonna. That doesn't mean I'm gonna quit fighting. It just means that I'm probably not gonna get another shot at getting into that title. So, I mean, it's it's a it's he's he come he's come to grips with the reality, and the reality is that at his age, they are not gonna make any pushes for him to get back to the title shot. Yeah. This is, this is, you know, normal when you're, especially in the lightweight division, which is super competitive with a ton of talent. When you're getting up into the upper thirties of age, they're not looking at you to be the champion because they're looking at someone that's younger that they can help build along the way, like in Charles Oliveira. But this is, in my opinion, I think RDA is being absolutely honest. He's being truthful. He's saying, look, this is my last chance. If I can beat Islam Makachev, that propels me towards that title match. If I don't beat him, then I'm probably never going to get that that opportunity again. I think he's being honest. I think he's being truthful. I think he's being smart. You know, yeah. it, it is the truth, and you know sometimes the truth hurts. In this situation, it doesn't hurt. It gives you information of hey, put it all put it all on the line in this against this guy because this is my chance to get back to where I want to be. So. Good job for RDA. Yep, it's hard to admit it sometimes to yourself, you know. And uh, he's done that, and I think he understands uh, the significance of this fight. So, yep, exactly. He's got his hands full. What Ooh. else, Dave? Uh, next piece is the bout with Oscar De La Hoya and Vito Belfort <sighs> is off due to COVID. COVID takes even the vaccinated; they're going down. De La Hoya yeah, I, being I, vaccinated gets COVID, and that. That's it. Hold it. Let's just be honest. I'm not saying this fight won't happen maybe later on. He lost a lot of money from COVID this one. Oh, that yeah. is not a funny situation. And I'm laughing. I'm sorry. I'm not, I don't think it's funny that he got sick. I feel bad for him, but that took a lot of money out of his pocket. I read a study just uh, this morning that, that Israel is the most vaccinated country in the world at 84%. And, yeah. and they have the highest cases of COVID right now. 
Isn't that strange to me? Anyways, yeah. right, I don't want to get into it too much. I just, that was just something that I read, and then because he came out and said he was vaccinated, and I was like, oh man, so he's got COVID. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully he heals up, and uh, we get to see him fight. You know, he said he was training, said he was in good shape, and you know he was ready to fight. So, but look, they're also talking about having Vitor now fight Holyfield. The fight got is, I guess, fully scheduled now, and they're going to move it to Florida. Yeah, because California would not license Evander Holyfield. They said you try to put that fight together we will not allow you to have it here so they're moving the entire show to florida horrible john what's horrible tell me i don't i don't want to see a vander holyfield ever fight again okay at that age and 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 people that i know that talk to him and have i've seen interviews with him it's like he's talking in a fucking snorkel mask like you can't understand he's like it it's not i don't i don't think it's i don't i think as a promoter you guys need to stay away from fights like that. It's just no not promoters. Good. Come on, promoter. A promoter wants to make money. That's what. Yeah. That's all Triller is trying to do in this and to bring Evander in. And I, like I, I love Evander. I've done a lot of things with him. He's a great guy. Yeah, uh, wonderful human being. He should not be fighting anymore. He should not be taking any shots. And and I'm going to tell you right now, in a normal boxing, you know, atmosphere against Vitor uh look Evander Holyfield would have smoked Vitor prime for prime in a stand-up no. boxing match no. I mean it wouldn't be close Vitor has been training for this Evander has not been training you know he's going to come into this and now he he's always working out a little bit but that doesn't mean that he's ready for an eight-round fight this is not a good situation and uh I I do not agree with what Florida is allowing. And this is the problem with athletic commissions. This is the problem where you have what I call kingdoms. You have an athletic commission in California who was sanctioning the De La Hoya versus Vitor fight because it's reasonable. You know, at a, at a weight, it's reasonable to say, okay, but the age difference isn't quite so much. What What, what is De La Hoya now? De La Hoya is at 50, I want to say. No, he's not. Somewhere I think he's only 47, 48. Four, okay, I was going to say 49, 50, something yeah, like that. somewhere. I think he's 40, 48. Because Evander is my age. I know. 48. Okay, that's 10 years difference. There's a huge difference between 48 and 58. You know, especially going, you know, with someone like Vitor. This is a fight that you take a look at the amount of punishment throughout his career that Evander Holyfield took at 58 years of old. He did. 58 years of age. He doesn't need to take any more uh, damage. And this is where I say California is looking and saying, no, you you can you can get Evander to say, yes, he'll take it, but we're not going to license him, so you can't do it here. And then in steps another athletic commission said, yeah, we'll do it. And you look and you go, what are you doing, man? Why are you, why are you, why are you doing this? There's no reason for it. But you'll always find an athletic commission say, oh, yeah, we'll do it because – they're not caring about Evander. They're not taking anything into consideration as far as because he says he wants to do it. Is he prepared to do it? And is he doing it against someone that physically outmatches him at this point of his life in speed, in strength, and in everything else? It's not healthy for him. Yeah. Probably not a good idea to do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I also look at it too like if I was – if I was Vitor Belfort, I got to be thinking too, like if something happens to him, if I beat mm -hmm. him and something happens to him, like you're, that's going to be on you. 
Oh, it's a, you're the one living with it. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take the fight. Just my personal opinion. But you know, all right. What else you got for us, Dave? All right. Uh, next piece is um, something we normally wouldn't talk about on here, um, but just you know, wanted to talk about it more from like a general standpoint. Um, the it made the rounds on Twitter this week. It was quite a, quite a heavy quite a heavy subject with a video attached to it, obviously. Um, and and it was Ariel Hawane basically. Uh, got into it with Brendan Schaub over Brendan Schaub's comments about Ariel um, being difficult to work with at ESPN. You know, the video went viral in the MMA community. Um, and just kind of like getting you guys' take on like these non-fighters that have a, that have a you know, presence in the, in the MMA uh, scene, um, but they're not fighters. And, they, you know, they, they have these internet beefs. Um, and obviously Brendan is a former fighter, but not now. All right, everyone, now go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code WayneIn, and also scan your barcode to get your extra bonus. If you go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code WayneIn, they'll give you a little extra spending cash for all the bets you can pick up coming up on sports, football, basketball, all the events that are coming. Hockey is now starting as well, coming up soon. So all these events are now be available on mybookie.ag. Use the promo code WayneIn, and like I said, if you scan that barcode, you will be able to get an extra bonus. I think the whole thing's stupid. Like, <laughs> that's what I think. Uh, yeah. I think the whole thing is stupid. Like, just, you know, Brennan said something apparently that wasn't true. And he reached out to Ariel and said, you know, hey, you know what? I want to apologize. You know, overstepped whatever it was. And then Ariel came out and said, hey, you know what? I don't work for ESPN anymore. I don't work on a platform where I need to be the the bigger man. And, you know, I want you to uh, to apologize publicly. I can see both sides of it all. But at the end of the day... I think it's stupid. That's what I think. I think it's, it is what it is. You know, look, a lot of people, a lot of people like Ariel and some people don't like Ariel. Some people that I know have worked with him didn't like him. And I heard him say that he had some a people lot of, like Josh Thompson. Some people exa- don't like some Josh people Thompson. don't. I'm one of the ones of the people, that doesn't. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I, I've had, I've, I've had people that I've had people that worked with him that said they didn't like working with Ariel, but then I know a lot of people that loved working with him, and that's just yeah. the way it's going to be. It's going to always be that way. You know, a lot of people love fighting for the UFC. You know, a lot of people loved fighting for Bellator, but some people didn't like either one of them, you know? And so that's, that's the, this is what makes the world go round. But the fact that it got blown up out of proportion and stuff, and it just, it, like I said, I think the whole thing is stupid. You know, like a lot of, I have, I have no, I have no ill will towards Ariel. And I know I've, I've bagged on him a little bit here and there, but those are from my personal experiences and what, and things that we've had said, said, come across from the ways that I did interviews with him and the way he put it. And like Aljo was on his show and the way Ariel had put a clip or a headline, it bugged, it bugged Aljo. And with all the respect, you know, that, that happens to fighters. They get pissed off and they get upset over the media that does that because it happens all the damn time. You know what I mean? And it's frustrating as an athlete, you know, you're trying to go about your business and your life and you're trying to be one of the best in the world. And then you've got media that do shit like that. And Ariel has been known to do that. Now, look, I'm not saying that he's not a good journalist. If I was going to say anybody was a good journalist in this sport, he's one of them. Okay. But I do get a little upset sometimes with this, the headlines that he posts. Some of the, it's the, it is the clickbait sometimes, you know, and, and he knows what he's doing. He's a smart guy. You know, I don't want to, I don't want people to get into this. Like he play, he, he will sometimes play the victim and he's not the victim, you know, and I like him as I actually do like him despite what people, I like I said, I've had issues with him in the past just for my own personal stuff. But that's my own personal stuff. So 
outside of that, what Brennan did or said, and if, it, you know, whatever it was, it's just, to me, it's stupid. I think Brennan did what he was supposed to do. He reached out to him and said, Hey, you know what? I overstepped. I apologize. You know, and then that was it with Ariel. Ariel took it to the next level and he wants him to do it publicly. I mean, they, he's a man. He can do it. Say whatever you want. You know, it doesn't mean that Brennan's going to do it, you know, but both of them, both of them need to work it out. However it works out, they need to sit and just chat with it and work it out. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think the whole thing is dumb just cause it's like you said, it's a, it's a Twitter beef. It's not like they're ever going to fight. They're never going to solve it and resolve it. You know, Ooh, I want to see that one. That'll last about three seconds. <laughs> no, no, we, 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 we like, we, li- I, I, we, we like Ariel. So we just got to let him just do, you know, I understand though. His, okay. his, his okay. hands were a little bit tied. John working for ESPN. He's got to, he's got to take the high road. Now he's saying he's not high road. Helwani anymore. I think is what he called it, you know, but uh, it was just funny. Cause you like just to hear him, to hear him kind of talk shit was pretty funny. I was getting a giggle out of it. I thought it was, it's I thought Heel-Wani it was funny, now. but it was, it's Helwani. But it was pretty, it was it was kind of cool that he was oh, he was well, kind of going hard off, in the paint. L- let's know. let's let's just put it this way: Ariel loves pro wrestling, and oh. he was doing his best pro wrestling shtick. Okay, but here it was good. It was good, John. It was good. Was John. it good? Okay. <laughs> it was but good. here here is the problem with it, and I, and I have no problems with Ariel at all. I like Ariel. I know Ariel got mad at me when I I tweeted something about a, a statement he had made on a on a 30 for 30 because i was like what don't don't follow what is you know the story follow the truth but Mm. we we worked it out but my, my, my problem is this why is it when people all of a sudden get associated with the fight game and i and i used to see it with athletic commission people you know that are you know they're given an assignment by a governor to be part of an athletic commission or they're they're given a job to be an executive director and all of a sudden they're tough guys yeah. you know all of a sudden you know they're real tough and it's like dude you're not tough stop it's okay that you can't fight all right you don't have to know how to fight you have to know the people that can give you the right information so you can do the right thing my problem is this if ariel wants to continue on with this you know, whole thing, you know, there can be the guy that's, that's not as nice as Brendan who will say, all right, when I see you, I'm going to gangster slap the shit out of you across the yeah. stage and let's see what you do about it. So, you, you know, you have to be, if you're Ariel and you want to say, Hey, I don't like what you've done. I think, you know, you owe me a, you owe me an apology. Okay. You can do that. That's fine. Stop with the whole pro wrestling shtick. Okay. Those guys. I thought it was funny, John. I thought it was funny though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I look at it and it gets to the point of stop and you're not a tough guy. You're not a fighter. You're not a guy. Cause you know, he's done it before in the past. Stop being that guy that, you know, you're a great, he is a great reporter. Now he is, he's a great reporter. And you know, to sit there and to say, you know, he does good interviews when he does his shows and stuff. He knows how to talk with people and stuff. Don't get into this, you know, whole thing of, you know, just the 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 heel shtick of you know you're gonna do this or something don't be tough just be 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 the good person that you are yeah that's the thing it's it's hard because he is you can tell he is a good person he is a good person yeah i see the way he talks about his you know his kids you know his life it's like he he is and so when they come up when he comes across the way he came across it's a little bit like all right it was 
not it was too much. It's pro wrestling. It is. It is. <laughs> it really but was. Look, okay, so look, all of that stuff to the side, like you said, and I, I like I said also, he he is a good journalist. He does he does great interviews. Um, he does poke the bear a little bit here in his interviews. He knows what he's doing when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he does. That's his do job some, at times. He does do clickbait sometimes, you know, to get more attention to it, especially in a hot topic. He knows what he's doing, but that's what journalists do. And as a fighter and as an athlete and whoever else, you have to learn to deal with that. And it's hard. It's hard because you know when you when you when you look at Ariel, you're like, all right, I know that this guy can't fight, you know. So, but when he does this, like these type of things, where he's like, hey, you know, I want you to do it publicly. I think also too, when you start doing that to fighters, you start like. Brennan is he's a former fighter. He was in the UFC for a, for a while. And it just it, that's kind of like okay, now you're taking the like I understand you're upset about it, but now you're taking it to the next level of like hey, mm-hmm. it's degrading a little bit. And I understand what what I understand he understands. I understand what he meant with Brennan like hey, you've been saying this for for I don't know how long about this this and that. And saying things that were not true. And that that could be upsetting. I think he finally had had enough. I understood that. But him just saying that Brennan reached out to him publicly and apologized, him saying that on his on his show and his channel and that's all enough. the other stuff, that should be enough. You know? That's my point. That should be enough to me. Anyways. But uh, I, I get it. I understand his frustration. I get it. You know, because people have given him a hard time for the longest time. So, Ariel, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are because you, you've mentioned us a couple but, times. Hold on. Let me I ask like you this. Buddy. How many yeah. people have said bad things about you? Yeah. How many? Come on, just be honest. Yeah, I mean, he took a little jab at me on on his show with the uh, DC. Oh, the Josh Thompson guy, the, the podcast guy, right? I mean, <laughs> he took a little he took a little dig at me also. I mean, he, okay. He used, oh, but, did he used to fight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. there he is. Okay, yeah, so I mean, my, and, and and that's my point. I laugh it's about like, it. There you go. It's called thick skin. How many yeah. people say bad things? Look, you got to have thick skin. Yeah. Okay. Is, and you got to be able to let it roll off your back. It's no. just part of what it is. Uh, yeah. I, they'll get it sorted out. That's the biggest thing is they'll get it sorted. I hope so. It should, they're both it good guys. Never, yeah, they're both good guys. It should have never got blown up to what it is now. So, all right, Dave. Next. You got anything else? Next. Yep. Uh, last one. Um, so I had a fighter reach out to me um, uh, asking a question. It's kind of more for John, but um, he he'd reached out. He's a huge fan of the show, so you know wanted uh, wanted to get his question on because it pertains to his fight specifically. He said he was in a tournament for a one FC contract, um, but he gets screwed by the judges. He says I was in my opponent's hometown. My question for both of you is: Do you think it's worth the cost to get out of state judges for events? Well, who's cost though? The promotions cost. They're not going to yeah. do that. When, yeah. when you're talking, I I don't know who you're talking about, but if he had a a fight for one FC or something like that, you're normally talking that's being done overseas, somewhere in Singapore or China or uh, somewhere in Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. And to sit there and say, uh, as far as the judging, as far as you them bringing in judges outside they bring in the judges they want now if you're talking about in north america being you know the association of boxing commissions and stuff you will see that they do bring in a lot of judges from certain areas you know people that are uh, sitting in those seats quite often because they're considered the the best in the and you're putting a lot of pressure on your people to put them sometimes in the bigger fights and you as a commission, if you bring in some of the 
people that are well known, you're trying to say, hey, I'm bringing in the best the, the best people there are for this. I'm bringing in what I can to make sure that these fights are judged correctly. If they are not, in the end, if that fight is not judged correctly, it's not on the commission. It's more on the judges because the commission brought in the people that all the experts would say, yeah, that's one of the best judges to bring in or three of the best judges. So if they put their own people in those seats and then there's a bad decision, that's when the commission can get, you know, they're in the hot seat because you didn't do the right thing. You didn't bring in the people that are considered the best. Yeah. So uh, for with one FC, he doesn't, he's not, you know, he's not the one paying. If you, you know, the, the, the actual promotion is the one paying for those judges. They're the, they're the ones paying. If they are flying in people from different parts of the world, they're paying for that flight. They're paying for the hotel room. They're paying for a per diem to feed them and stuff like that. So, um, uh, it's not on the fighter. They don't. They don't have the ability to make that choice. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, realistically, if it's in a tournament and you, whatever happened, happens. Like, don't try to go back and fight it. Don't try to go back and argue it. And if you're trying to have the promotion spend more money on just so you could feel better about the judges that are in there, it's never going to happen. You know, you've got to just go out there and finish the fights. You've got to do your job, and you should have tried to finish the fight. That's that's why the conversations always don't leave it up to the judges. Cause you don't have control over what they're going to say. We've seen some of the worst decisions probably in, you know, yep. ever. And it's like, God, how the hell did they give it to that person? Well, it happens. If you don't like it, don't go to the judges, put more emphasis on getting them out of there. Um, all right. So, Hey, make sure you guys go to our YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button as well as the um, bell for the notifications. Also, we're available on all of the audio listening platforms, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, everywhere. So go ahead and uh, check us out there as well. So if you guys are driving to and from work, you guys can listen to us in the car. Great listening platforms, all of them. And as well as when you get down into our YouTube channel, there's a link down below. You can hit that. That'll take you to our Clips channel, which we offer our weigh-in interjection show only available on that channel. So you hit the subscribe button there as well as the notifications. And we drop that weigh-in interjection show on our midweek show during that week of the midweek. So go ahead and check it out. And I know that was a mouthful right there, right, John? I saw that. <laughs> on the on the midweek of the midweek show. So we drop it during that week that we during the week when we do our midweek show. Um what else? Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wayne in. Use the promo code and still. Everyone's still using that and hashtagging that all around Twitter, Instagram, as well as in our comment section. Make sure you guys use the hashtag and still when you guys are posting about us. That's great, as well as Wayne in. Also go to ProSNTs.com slash Wayne in. Use the promo code and still there, and you get 20% off on all of our t-shirts that are available there. So, John, what else? I got nothing else to say other than do not ever upset a nest full of yellow jackets you will get stung and it will itch and burn and swell you up for a while other than that life is fantastic and we will see you